How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 142 of Master McGarden Podcast. Now, this week's episode is, I suppose, it's a topical one in a way, so we're going to be covering the topic of, you know, really good plants for autumn colour. So the, the title is 10 Plants for Amazing Autumn Colour. And these plants will be predominantly predominantly large shrubs and trees. So there is obviously lots of other plants that give good autumn colour, but these you know, these 10 are predominantly based from trees and large shrubs. Uh, some will be suitable for small gardens. They're all suitable for big gardens or as specimen trees, specimen plantings. And yeah, as I say, some of them are huge, so they're not going to be ideal for the smaller gardens, but there is some in there for anyone that might have a small garden and is looking for something to give, you know, that amazing autumn colour. Here in Ireland, we still have, you know, since last week where I talked about quite a bit of rain, we still have a bit of rain this week. And I suppose this week is the first week that temperatures are noticeably dropping and autumn sort of seems to be coming in upon us now. And it's at this time every year that, you know, the pages of Instagram are not quite yet, but in a few weeks time, you'll see. You know, every post on Instagram will be autumn colour, magazines will be talking about autumn colour, garden articles, garden magazines, all that sort of thing. And autumn colour, you know, comes into focus because there is some amazing colour and amazing plants for autumn colour. There's also some, you know, there is a couple of months left in the in the season in terms of, you know, the late flowering perennials are still doing their thing and still looking fantastic. Although this this kind of wet weather is is here in Ireland anyway is going to kind kind of close in that a little bit quicker. But you have late flowering perennials, and then you have things like grasses and sedum is still looking well, and um, you know the sedges always look well in the autumn winter. So all of those are are still there, but these are ten that give really spectacular cover color in the leaf. Or maybe with some other features, as in berries and so on. Um, all of them are deciduous, meaning for anyone that doesn't know that they lose their leaves in the winter time, and it's during that transition from a summer, spring, summer uh, coloured leaf through to an autumn leaf. Uh, that's when that really good colour comes to the fore. Some of the colour on some of them magnificent, but very short-lived. And then others will hold on to their winter or, you know, their autumn color for a little bit longer. Um, but they all have, as I say, amazing autumn color. So I'm going to go through them one by one. I'll sort of give, you know, an overview of them. They're all predominantly doing, you know, in terms of the autumn color, they're doing that same thing. They're deciduous, generally passing from a green leaf through to a, you know, an orange red color at the end. Um, but they're all, slightly different then within that and grow to different sizes and so on. So we're going to get into the list of 10. Starting off anyway is the only one on the list of 10 that I actually have in my garden today. Uh, personal favorite of mine, it's uh, Quercus rubra, which is the red oak. And it's it's a big one. So I have it centered out the front of the house and it's quite a bit away from the house in the middle of a lawn and has room to spread because it will spread quite uh, quite a lot and grow quite tall so roughly speaking 25 meters it'll go to in height and almost as wide up to 20 meters in width so this is going to be a big tree in time reasonably quick growing my one is in there 
suppose it's there five years now. Um, first year or two doesn't do a whole lot, like like a lot of trees. It's doing a lot of work under the ground, and then it takes off. And at the moment, I suppose mine is seven or eight meters, not particularly wide girt on the on the the trunk of a jet, but it is it is getting there, and it is putting on a lot of branch. And obviously, the more branches, the more leaves, the more spectacular the color, and the leaf itself is quite a big a big leaf and they look they look really well and i know a lot of people do they dry them and you know frame them and things like that so it is a really nice leaf only thing about it is that it it, while spectacular the actual that color that really good color is quite short-lived on well at the moment anyway particularly on my tree it's it's quite short-lived maybe as the tree gets stronger and bigger you know, certain leaves will hold longer on it, but at the moment it's just, uh, it's not holding the color for a long period of time. But as I said, big green leaves that transition through to yellow and then eventually end up as a really vibrant, a vibrant kind of lighter colored red, but really beautiful tree. But big one, not suitable, not suitable for a small garden really. It does need space and it needs to be able to, you know, it needs to be able to expand and to, I suppose to be centered somewhere where you can get good visibility on it, you know, that it's not uh, obstructed by anything, that it becomes a feature tree. The second one on the list, and you know, this is a, it's a quite a regular one in some ways. It's, it's a, you know, it's an old fashioned one in a way, but it's definitely a good one. It's Sorbus Joseph Rock. And so Sorbus are the mountain ash family. And a lot of the Sorbuses actually will have this, you know, this, kind of spectacular colouring and it's worth watching out for some of those. The leaves on this are very, very different. So this has uh, very, very small leaves and a lot of leaves on a leaf stem or pinnate leaves as they call them. And that one is a is a green green leaf, as I say, again transitioning to orange and then actually goes red and almost at the end ends up a kind of a plum or purpley colour. Um, has the added benefit obviously of having flower and then on top of that has berries as well so you're getting you're getting a lot of interest through the seasons as I say it's a in a way because it was it was all to go sort of 20 years ago this tree but it's maybe less popular now in terms of you know less people going for it or whatever but it's still a spectacular tree and uh, you know it has, as I say, those features of the colouring the leaf, the berries and the flowers. Now the flowers, they're not as stand out, I suppose, at that time of the year, but they're still there and they're still present. So Sorbus Joseph Rock, a really good tree. In terms of size, it can grow up to 10 metres tall and it grows reasonably wide, maybe five to seven metres wide. Suitable for a sort of mid-sized garden. Small garden, again, a little bit on the big side. Very, very hardy though. So if you're in an exposed spot, like some of these trees that have this fantastic autumn color, they're not brilliant, particularly with wind, some of them, but Sorbus Joseph Rock is a real, real tough plant and will do in most areas. So can go onto an exposed site, you know, within reason. And uh, it's a really good one, as I say, has seasons of interest, not just the autumn color, but the autumn color is very, very good on Joseph Rock, but also on many of the others within the Sorbus, the Sorbus genus. Um, next tree on the list then is 
I suppose one, as I said, the Sorbus Joseph Rock is a little bit, let's say, not in fashion at this you know moment in time in 2022. But one that is definitely, I just see it in all the garden centres at the moment, it's the liquid amber. And it really is, or liquid amber, sweet. it's a sweet gum. It really is, I would say, one of the standout ones for autumn colour. Fantastic looking. Um, again, goes through the goes through the colours and ends up in a really fiery red. And then the fact that the tree grows, it's quite big as well, grows to 20 metres in height and can grow, you know, sort of 7 to 10 metres in width, so quite wide as well. But it grows in a in a sort of not in a columnar in a form. Like it's, it's a quite a big statement of a tree, and there's a huge block of color in it when you when you can get it going. Unlike the Joseph Rock, not very suited to exposed sites where you're getting a lot of wind. Does prefer full sun, but a really really nice sort of statement tree, and again suitable for a mid size to large garden rather than small, but. Definitely in vogue at the moment because it's in so many, so many of the garden centres uh, in various sizes. And uh, yeah, really, really good one. I don't grow it here. Well, as I said, the red oak is the only one I have here. But I'm looking at a lot of these and will definitely add them in. But I'm not sure about liquid amber. I just feel it might be a little bit, like, might be a little bit too exposed here. But we'll have a look and see. Next one on the list, again comes from a family and a lot of this family have um, plants and trees with good autumn colour and that's the Acer. So the one particularly talking about is Acer Grisum. And again, this one is, you know, it's a poplar tree at the moment, a really beautiful tree and again has more than one kind of interest, I suppose. You have, it has a purpley kind of, purpley kind of bark on it that peels. So a little bit like the Betula Jackmont, I say where the, the bark peels away, but it's a purple peeling bark. And that's a, you know, that looks really, really good. And size-wise, it's it's not overly big, so 10 meters in height and can go up to, you know, seven, eight meters in width. So, you know, a nice size will work in a, not a really small garden, but small to mid-sized garden, as well as a big garden as a feature tree. It's called the paper the paperback maple because of that peeling bark, as I said. And again, it transitions through the colours of green, orange, through to a really, really nice red. Again, a little bit like the Joseph Rock, a quite a hardy tree and definitely will survive in most locations. So yeah, a good hardy tree. And as I say, the Acer family would have a lot of trees within it that are suitable for autumn colour. One that's particularly standout is one called October Glory Acer Rubrum. And that one, you know, it's a it's a fantastic looking bright, bright red. Uh, very, very fiery red, a little bit like the liquid amber at its peak. And yeah, as I say, lots of the Acer family, but the one we're focusing on today is Acer Greason. And a really, really nice tree with again more than one sort of point of interest. So not just the, the autumn colour, but also that interesting bark all through the year. The next one on the list on number five is, again, I suppose it's one that is quite popular at the moment. And again, you will see it in most garden centers. It's Cornus Cusa. And uh, one of the 
varieties that seem to be everywhere at the moment is one called China Girl. And a little bit like the Acer Grisom, it has bark that kind of looks a little bit flaky. And a little bit like the rest of them, it transitions through the colors green leaf through to a really, really dark red. Um, China Girl has lovely flowers on it as well. And, you know, has interest through the seasons. And actually in terms of shape as well, it's a nice, a nice shape tree. Um, on the smaller side again, so six point six to eight meters in height, I suppose, and about four to five meters in width. So suitable for a small to medium garden or as a feature in any garden. And it is a hardy tree, but it doesn't love wind. So if you're in a very exposed spot, a very windy spot, may not do so well, but hardy in terms of, you know, it'll, it'll tolerate a lot of, of, um, if you're in a colder area, or whatever, it'll tolerate that so long as it's not getting blown out of it by the wind. And that's a, you know, it's a really standout, standout tree. And it's one that you will see a lot of over the next few months as people, as the color starts to appear on some of these, you'll see Cornus coming up and, and it will look really well. Next one on the list is dropping down a size, I suppose, in, in, the, in the same, I suppose genus as one we mentioned earlier, it's Acer palmatum, which is the Japanese maples. And these are beautiful, absolutely beautiful all year round. They have these, generally speaking, they have these, um, purple or yellow, yellow type, greeny yellow lime colored leaves. And the autumn color tends to be very, very nice with them. The one we're going to focus on is Acer palmatum blood good, quite a hardy one. But in general, this group of plants is not very hardy. I have tried unsuccessfully on two occasions to grow an Acer palmatum here in the most sheltered spot that I have, and I've just never got it to go. Uh, both of them died, and yeah, probably for the moment I've given up on that one. But they are fantastic. And if you're in most gardens, but if, if you're in a spot that's very exposed or very cold or gets a lot of wind, I would avoid it. But other than that, it, it's suitable for most gardens. So small, medium, large, again, you know, feature as a feature and looks really, really well. You can get certain, you know, varieties within the Acer palmatum uh, family or genus that will be smaller growing. So if you're in, you know, a small garden, you can get sort of mound forming ones that will look really well, you know, in a bed or whatever. But there is other ones then the likes of blood good that'll be quite a bit bigger and will give that interest all year round. Just watch out if you're in, as I say, an exposed spot. They generally like very, very little wind and like to be sheltered. So really beautiful one. Just not one for me here, but definitely for a lot of people. Acer palmatums, Japanese maples, a really, really top plant for autumn colour. Next one on the list is an interesting one. Uh, it's one called Cornus Mass. And again, Cornuses, there's quite a few within the Cornus genus that are um, going to have good color. And this tree, Cornus Mass, was one that I actually wasn't, hadn't seen much of over the years or hadn't come across it before. And then over the last few years, I've seen a lot of people um, talking about it as being a really good tree. And it's Again, a dark leaf, dark green leaf transition into red and finishing in a kind of a dark purple, a bloody purple. And it's, uh, 
has the extra benefit of having a yellow flower in kind of late winter or spring and the yellow flower a little bit resembles a little bit like the the hamamollis or the hamamollis mollis you know that one with the the spidery yellow the spidery yellow flowers in the springtime on the on the stem of the plant when there's no leaves there and it looks spectacular and the cornice mass the flowers on it look a little bit like that the other benefit is that you get uh, red berries after that and again so you're getting this interest not just in the autumn color because some of them you get a spectacular autumn color but then the tree is pretty bland for the rest of the year but with with this you're getting these kind of periods of interest and I suppose for for late winter into spring, this is a spectacular tree. Maybe a touch later than it has the autumn colour, but it really comes into its own in sort of late winter, early spring, when those flowers are on it. As I say, followed by red berries, and in terms of size, not the not the biggest in the world, uh, suitable for sort of small to mid-sized garden, five metres roughly in height and you know four to five metres in width. So again, a decent size, but not not uh, something that's going to take over. Now, the next one is definitely one if you have a small garden and you want something for that time of year. This one is, I would say, the star of this list of 10. It's one that I've not grown myself, but have seen a lot of them both online and in, in the flesh. And they are a fantastic tree. It's Malus Everesta. Uh, so basically, it's a crab apple, really slow growing ideal for for small gardens doesn't go doesn't go too big and has i suppose like the rest of them it transitions through the colors or the leaf transitions through the colors to the autumn but it transitions from green through to a yellow and finishes in a kind of a coppery bronze so a little bit different to some of the rest of them in that it doesn't go that orangey color it's more green yellow and then copper bronze and that element of it you know which is what we're talking about here the autumn colour is spectacular and really, really good, really suitable for small gardens or ideal as a specimen in any garden. But this one has a lot of other sort of features to it, a bit like some of the rest of them. But this one flowers in May and the flowers on it are actually, you know, really spectacular. So you're getting that, that sort of late April, early May, that really vibrant you know, pink flower that is, I suppose, that you come to associate with apple trees and fruit trees. And yeah, really, really, really nice. And you're getting that period of interest as well. Then, of course, you get following on from the flower, you get the actual crab apples. And they're in the autumn time, a yellow orange, you know, so these kind of quite big, you know, you know, a crab apple, like almost, I suppose, double the size of a, of a cherry or bit smaller than a plum for want of a better description and the color of those that yellow orange at that time of the year again looks really really good so the reason i said this one is kind of the star of the list is because it just it's just giving so many variations of interest across such a long period of time like some of the rest of them have obviously flowers but the flowers on them are a little bit, I suppose, nondescript or you know, they're not, they don't stand out massively. Like, for example, the Joseph Rock has has a flower, but it doesn't stand out hugely. It does a little bit, but not not the way that the Malice Everest did us. 
Um, and then at the end of the year, when you have the crab apples on it, like they are quite big, so they're a lot bigger than the berries on some of the rest of them. And again, they're standing out for that reason. So for an all-round tree suitable for any garden, small, medium or large, that one there is is a cracker. And you will see a lot of it over the next few weeks. And it's one that it's one that would be ideal in any in any situation in any garden. Relatively hardy, you know, so it has a lot going for it, and I think will tick a lot of boxes if somebody's looking for for something for that autumn colour. The next one on the list, which is number nine, is Euonymus atlatus, and again. Haven't grown this, but have seen it in gardens and again is, is spectacular. On the small side, so now we're, you know, no more than sort of three meters high and about a meter and a half to two meters in width. So not a, not a massive one, slow growing, very, very hardy. And the stem on it is a little bit ribbed, tiny bit ribbed, a little bit like, uh, what would you call it? It's like a the cork oak or something like that. It kind of a, has kind of fissures on the on the bark, so it's a little bit interesting on the bark. But in terms of the autumn color, this one is spectacular. It forms in a sort of a mound shape, so you get this massive big block. You know, over time, obviously, you get some massive big block of red, and it, out of them all, it's up there as being, I suppose, one of the most vibrant red colors that you'll see. And for that reason, it is a spectacular plant. And um, there is a, there is fruit on it in late autumn and winter. A bit like what I said earlier, they're they're there and they are. There is some interest in it, but it really is that autumn color that's the standout for this. And not not hugely, you know, well known or that because you you won't see it in every single garden center, but it is available in in certain places, and. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be as popular maybe as some of the rest of them. Very, very good plant and hardy and will grow will grow in almost any situation and suitable for most gardens. A little bit of interest in the bark, really spectacular autumn colour and then some fruit as well. And then the final one on the list of 10 is definitely, I suppose, an old-fashioned one in a way. Uh, I don't overly like this as a plant, but it's stag's horn sumac. And so it is, the, the name comes from the way the plant grows. So stag's horn, obviously central stem coming up and then these long branches coming out. And then on the ends of them, you get this, this mass of, of leaves. During the summertime, during the springtime, it's a pretty nondescript plant. And that's personally why I don't, I don't love it. I don't like the shape of it either. I think it's a bit, even though it is grown like the stag's horn, it is a little bit kind of, it kind of forms a canopy and not much can grow in around it. Um, but not that spectacular if you put it on its own as a, as a sort of a specimen. It's a bit untidy looking. So I don't overly love this one myself, but I know it's very, very popular. And in terms of autumn color, it definitely ticks the box. It's relatively large. So grown to five meters height, but you'll see here it grows to about six meters in width. So it spreads you know, nearly more than it grows in height. So it's quite a big piece. And if you can imagine that, say, in a bed, if it's grown out six metres, you don't get much that's able to grow underneath it and that. So I think that's sort of why I don't like it. You know, it's not, it doesn't sit into a bed or 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 that the way some of the rest of them would. 
and then looks a little bit, in my eyes, untidy. But in terms of autumn colour, spectacular. The leaves green in the summertime, transition into orange and then into red. And it does have a yellow flower and it does have a berry. Again, those are not as spectacular as some of the rest of them, you know, not, definitely not as spectacular as the Malice or, the, or even the Joseph Brock, for, for example. So they are, it does have them. It does have a yellow flower um, and red berry. But just for me, that that's a, in terms of autumn colour, spectacular. But in terms of an overall plant, it's number 10 on the list. But if I was picking in order of preference on that list, it would probably be number 10 there as well. So, but again, a really popular one. Has been around a long time, so you'll see that in a lot of gardens and you'll see it very, very mature in a lot of gardens. So was is definitely popular and was certainly popular at, you know, whatever, 10, 20 years ago. So good one, a good one, but just probably not for me. But there's lots there for you to go through. Um, a lot of people over the last couple of weeks, when we talk about plants, are asking me afterwards if I have comprehensive show notes so that they can dip into that and have the the list of plants that we spoke about during the episode, um, I suppose, have them so they can go source them and whatever else. And I don't do comprehensive show notes, to be honest with you. Don't personally have the time to do them. Uh, I know some people actually do full transcripts of it and I can do that. I have the facility to do that, but it's done by AI. And to be honest with you, when I upload the podcast and get the transcript back because of the way I speak and because of the way I I uh, I'm talking this as if I was talking to you rather than I know a lot of other podcasts actually write out a script and then read that script for their podcast I don't do it that way I come on and I kind of talk as if we were talking and as if we were sitting across from another having a conversation so when I get the transcript back, then it's a bit, um, yeah, it's very, it's very difficult because you have the, you know, the way I'm talking, just like what I did there now, where you say, you know, or that kind of a thing. And, you know, all of that talk is just not that suitable for transcript. And you end up with almost as much editing as if you actually went and typed the whole thing out. And again, I don't really have the time for that. So, but in order to make it easier for people, and so that they don't have to go listen to the whole episode again. Uh, for here now, and on this list, I'm going to just run through them and name them again. And I will because, you know, this is uh, just me this week. It's not an interview. And I don't, sometimes in an interview, you don't actually know what plants people are going to talk about. Actually, never. I don't ever know what they're going to talk about until we get into it. We have a center, a central point that we want the listeners to take from the episode. But sometimes plants come up and I don't know they're coming up beforehand. And so... Yeah, that's why they, they, they're not always in the show notes. But on this one, I will put them in the show notes because it's just myself. And to run through them, the, the first one I mentioned was the red oak, uh, Quercus ruba. Have that one myself. Sorbus Joseph Rock was the second one. Really good. Liquid Amber seems to be very, very popular at the moment. Just watch that. Not for an exposed site and likes full sun. Spectacular. Absolutely spectacular autumn colour on that. Acer Greasem. Um, the paperback maple, maple is number four. Cardus Cusa at number five. And then the variety that seems to be everywhere at the moment is China Girl. So a lot of people seem to like that. And Cardus Cusa is a very, very good tree. 
Then Acer Palmatum, the Japanese maple, you all know those. The, the variety I mentioned was Bloodgood, but there is hundreds of varieties there, so you can have a look and see which one suits your garden stroke situation. Uh, Cornus Mass was the next one, a really interesting tree. Interesting in that it has those flowers in the springtime that look like the Hamimolus. Then the next one, which I said, was kind of the, the one that, well, I, I definitely think it's the best on the list is Malus Everesti, the crab apple with just so many different features across the seasons. The next one was Euonymus atlatus, uh, slow grown and hardy, spectacular autumn colour. And then the final one on the list was the one Stag's Horn Sumac. So that was the 10. And as I say, a lot of people message to know what variety was mentioned here and there so hopefully that makes it easy for people to i suppose to pick them out and i will list those in the show notes anyway yeah so that's you know that's kind of all i wanted to cover off this week it's tiny bit early so a lot of these will still be green or at the very very early stages of transitioning but because as i said has got cold over the last week that transition will happen over the next few weeks and if you want to I suppose, get yourself in a position to have some of that autumn colour. You can still do that by going out and getting these now and planting them in a position. And while, because you'll only have just planted it, you may not get, you know, a massive length of time this year, or you mightn't have a huge display because you could be dealing with a small plant or a tree. Over time and for years to come, you'll have that there to look forward to in the autumn and early, you know, the late autumn and early winter when, other things maybe look a bit, little bit drab. As I said at the start, though, there's still a little, you know, there's still the opportunity for late flowering perennials to be doing their thing, and they still are. The likes of, you know, Verbena boreensis is still flowering really well here. Um, dahlias, I don't have asters, but I know they are doing really well in other places still. And so you have that colour there this time of the year, and, you know, right up into October, you're going to have that colour. So autumn colour doesn't always have to be about that transitioning leaf. It can be about late flowering stuff. And then, as I said, grasses, sedges, sedums, uh, all of that sort of thing, again, can add colour to the garden at this time of the year. Obviously, then you can do your, you know, if you want a little bit of colour around the house, you can do your your bedding and so on at this time of the year. And, yeah, there's lots lots of ways of having autumn colours, but that's a list of 10 that has spectacular autumn colour and some of them with spectacular colour and interest through the season. So not just not just that small window. Um, the one thing about some of those is that while that red fiery leaf is spectacular and beautiful, some, some of them only last a really short time. And so uh, they can be a little bit underwhelming, particularly in, in the younger stages. But as they mature and as they get bigger, they will get better and better. So, yeah, that's pretty much this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll tell you next time. Happy gardening. Mm-hmm.